Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. In this modern world where activity is stressed almost to the point of mania, quietness as a childhood need is too often overlooked. Yet a child's need for quietness is the same today as it has always been. It may even be greater. For quietness is an essential part of all awareness. In quiet times and sleepy times, a child can dwell in thoughts of his own and in songs and stories of his own. Margaret Wise Brown In the great green room, there was a telephone and a red balloon and a picture of the cow jumping over the moon. And there were three little bears sitting on chairs and two little kittens and a pair of mittens and a little toy house and a young mouse and a comb and a brush and a bowl full of mush and a quiet old lady who was whispering hush. Good night room, good night moon, Good night, cow jumping over the moon. Good night, light and the red balloon. Good night, bears. Good night, chairs. Good night, kittens. Good night, mittens. Good night, clocks. Good night, socks. Good night, little house. And good night, mouse. Good night, comb. Good night, brush. Good night, nobody. Good night, mush. Good night to the old lady whispering hush. Good night stars, good night air, good night noises everywhere. Hello and welcome to Born of Wonder. I'm Katie Marquette and on this show we explore anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. Assuming you're still awake, uh, I'm glad to have you here. (laughs) Hope I didn't put you to sleep there. Starting out with uh, the famous words of Margaret Wise Brown, Good Night Moon. Many parents were probably mouthing the words along with me there. Uh, That rhythmic refrain that we all know so well. Um, It's such an an interesting book in so many ways. I mean, there really isn't a plot, right? It's a little bunny saying goodnight to the objects and creatures in a green-walled bedroom, uh, drifting gradually to sleep as the lights get dimmer and dimmer, and the moon is just glowing in the big window. Goodnight Moon sold more than 48 million copies since it was published in 1947 and been translated into at least a dozen languages. Pretty amazing. It's also fascinating to just think about how uh, our ideas of childhood have shifted and changed and actually shifted and changed um, with the introduction of books like Goodnight Moon because Margaret Wise Brown was very influenced by people like Virginia Woolf and Gertrude Stein and a lot of modernist writers and uh, at the time most children's stories were fairy tales, very outlandish stories um, and 
this sort of idea of just talking about everyday objects was um, was was considered quite strange. It was considered boring. <laughs> um, but uh, Margaret Wise Brown was very insistent that adults were the ones who found these things boring, that children had an inherent fascination with their own world and that um, and that drawing attention to them through the rhythm of language could be a really beautiful thing to do. Uh, there's a great quote I love here from Margaret Wise Brown. Uh, of course, I started with a great quote of hers as well, but here's another one. She said, uh, there is a loving way with words and an unloving way, and it is only with the loving way that the simplicity of language becomes beautiful. So, I think that's great, and I think the language in Goodnight Moon is beautiful. Uh, I think it's it's great, and I we we all we all can kind of fall into a, a trance, right? <laughs> Reviewers have even described the book as less of a story than an incantation. Uh, people have tried to sort of figure out sort of what the recipe is in this book that makes you get so sort of sleepy and uh, just falling into this sort of strange otherworldly place because it is it's interesting right because it's a book about everyday objects but it has sort of this air of um, of otherworldliness to it of strangeness it makes uh, everyday things seem a little strange and of course the illustrations by Clement Hurd add to that with sort of their hyper saturation and uh, everything like that is just a very uh, very 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 interesting book I'm also a huge fan of the runaway bunny there's a great play also called wit which in, which incorporates uh, the runaway bunny in a really interesting way and sort of frames it as a theological story about a lost soul and how God is always seeking after that lost soul, right? You remember in The Runaway Bunny, how the mother bunny sort of says, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, I will always find you because I'm your mother. You know, if, if you become a, a, a bird, I will become a tree that you fly home to. If you become a sailboat, I will become the wind and I will blow you where I want you to go. If you become a little boy, I will become your mother and catch you in my arms and hug you. It's really, really brilliant. And uh, another brilliant book by, by Margaret Wise Brown. So, but really Margaret Wise Brown is not the discussion today, but the moon is going to be our subject. And that was inspired by the fact that August has two full moons, which means that there is a blue moon this month. So you've heard the phrase once in a blue moon. Well, it's happening. It's happening this month. It's a very rare event, as in, you know, happens every two or three years. There's two types of blue moons. Um, there's the, the rare blue moon, which is what is happening this month. Um, but there's also, uh, I guess, your everyday blue moon, <laughs> which is uh, when it is the third of four consecutive supermoons. Um, but this rare blue moon is when there are uh, two full moons in one month, and it is also the third uh, supermoon in a in a cycle. Uh, so we're gonna we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're also going to read a poem or two uh, dedicated to the moon, and I'm going to um, explain to you some of my favorite words for the full moon uh, for every for every month. Um, the Farmer's Almanac here has collected them very, very nicely. I mean, there's many different names for, for a, a lot of them from Native American traditions, which is really interesting. But every single month has a 
a different name uh, for the full moon of that month. So for instance, August's full moon was the full sturgeon moon. And of course, sturgeon is a fish uh, commonly found in the northern United States in the Great Lakes. Um, they were once very abundant, uh, providing a valuable food source, um, especially around this time of year. People would be out fishing and getting uh, huge hauls of sturgeon. And that full moon happened back on August 1st. Um, so I'm going to tell you all about how you can see this month's super, super blue moon. And I'm also going to uh, explain some of these others just um, evocative uh, titles of the moon, the full hunter's moon, the full beaver moon, the cold moon. Uh, we'll just talk a little bit about those. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be a really, really fun episode. So I hope everyone's doing well. We're in August, uh, which is an interesting time because I feel like half of people are sort of already sort of kids are back in school or back into a routine and then the other half like are off on vacation so it's sort of like an in-between time here in mid to late August so um, I'm sure everybody's busy sort of getting ready for uh, for fall and everything that comes with that so um, yeah I hope everybody is doing well you can find me online at bornofwonder.com contact me there on the contact me page or send me an email marquettekatie at gmail.com I'm over on Substack. I've been uh, writing away over there. Lots of writing going on over there. I talked about um, what sort of movie are you living in? This can be a really fun, interesting thought exercise for you. I posted an update uh, after two months off of social media, how I'm feeling about that and some common questions I get, like what inconveniences are there? What um, you know, what do I miss, if anything? So you can find that. Uh, I reviewed Barbie. Uh, I, I loved it. Um, so I reviewed reviewed Barbie. There, the, yeah. There's lots lots going on over there. Um, recommend uh, you head over there and subscribe. Uh, link is in the show notes. So would love to see you over there as well. But uh, let's get going on today's episode all about the moon. I'm going to start us off with a snippet of a poem. Uh, it's a frag fragment of a poem that we have from Percy Shelley. Um, and it's called To the Moon. Art thou pale for weariness of climbing heaven and gazing on the earth, wandering companionless among the stars that have a different birth, and ever changing like a joyless eye that finds no object worth its constancy? So there we have the words of Shelley. Of course, there are many poems devoted to the moon. Uh, has been a source of poetic musings for for centuries. For as long as human beings have been on the earth, we've been looking up at the moon and wondering about it. Uh, there's a great poem I love um, by Sylvia Plath uh, about the moon that I, I read in full on the episode I did about praying in graveyards. That's a sort of a full episode of poetry. Uh, you can go back and listen to that, but she calls the moon bald and wild. And that is a very famous poem of hers called The Moon and the Yew Tree. So uh, you can go back and listen to that. Uh, she says she, in that poem, she's sort of imagining herself as the daughter of the moon. And uh, yeah, it's a very gothic poem, very, just a lot of really interesting um interesting images in there so uh the moon yes who hasn't looked up at the moon and started wondering about life robert louis stevenson did as well here's a poem he wrote about uh about the moon called the moon 
He wrote, the moon has a face like the clock in the hall. She shines on thieves on the garden wall, on streets and fields and harbor quays and birdies asleep in the forks of the trees. The squalling cat and the squeaking mouse, the howling dog by the door of the house, the bat that lies in bed at noon, all love to be out by the light of the moon. But all of the things that belong to the day cuddle to sleep to be out of her way, and flowers and children close their eyes till up in the morning the sun shall rise. So that's sort of a, a sweet sing-songy poem there by Robert Louis Stevenson about the moon. So how can you see uh, see this blue moon, this once in a blue moon that is happening this month? Uh, it will be visible on the night of August 30th. Um, it won't actually be blue, uh, but it will be, uh, it'll be a supermoon, which means it'll be closer than usual. So it'll appear closer than, uh, than it usually does. A supermoon is about 16% brighter than an average moon. And we are actually in a cycle now of four consecutive supermoons. The next of which will be on September 28th, the harvest moon. Um, and the next time you're going to be able to see a blue moon will be uh, in three years from now on August 30th, uh, 2026. So uh, would be great to great to go out and and catch a peek of it. You can look up for your time zone, you know, when you can see it rising uh, best and everything like that. So as I said, uh, August's full moon, uh, the first full moon of the month is called the Sturgeon Moon. And I just love that there are um, specific names for the full moon for each and every month. It's just really fun to learn about. So starting in January, uh, the, the moon is called the Full Wolf Moon. Isn't that great? Uh, because in many parts of the country, the howling of wolves was often heard uh, around this time of year um, because this is when wolves are really hungry. Uh, they're, they're looking for food. They're defining territory, locating pack members, um, hunting, you know, looking for food in the, those bleak January winters. So uh, the full wolf moon of January. February is the full snow moon, uh, sort of self-explanatory there. So the snow moon. Uh, you know, snowy month. Um, and of course, and again, this is, uh, these are according to the, the farmer's almanac. This is sort of um, what we, uh, I guess, in the, in North America, what we would refer to uh, the moons as, but they're especially, like I said, in Native American tradition, there's um, different, different names too, which can be really interesting. And I'm going to link to a site that, that lists them. So like for February in the Cree tradition, it's a bald eagle moon um, in the Cherokee tradition it's the bony moon and um there's a groundhog moon in algonquin tradition hungry moon cherokee so i could go on and on but i'm going to just stick to sort of the the best known <laughs> names for the moon uh for march it is the full worm moon a worm moon <laughs> uh traditionally thought to be named after earthworms warming in spring soil in april we have the full pink moon um, this full moon heralded the appearance of the moss pink or wild ground flocks, um, one of the first spring wildflowers. So April is the pink moon. Uh, in May, it's the flower moon, the full flower moon. Again, sort of self-explanatory there. Flowers springing forth in abundance for the month of May. June is the strawberry moon, uh, the time of year to gather ripening strawberries in northeastern United States. In July, we have the full buck moon, uh, the male deer, the buck. His antlers are now uh, fully grown by July, so we have the full buck moon. 
And then in August, as I said, we have the sturgeon moon. Um, and then September is the harvest moon. Um, cue, uh, <laughs> cue Neil Young here. I would play it, but you know how he, I think, didn't he get off Spotify? I think he did. Either way, it's copyrighted like crazy. But that's a great, that's a great song. Everybody go look up harvest moon. That's great. Um, yeah, harvest moon for September, um, of course, uh, for, for harvest time. October, we have the full hunter's moon, uh, the month when game is fattened up for winter. Now is the time for hunting and uh, laying store provisions for the long months of winter ahead. November is the full beaver moon. Uh, and this is when the time when beavers were finished the preparations for their dams and for the winter and they were retreating into their lodges. And finally, for December, we have the full cold moon. Uh, when the cold, darkest nights of the year happen in December. Uh, the, the, the darkest nights, the shortest days in December for the full cold moon. So I just love that. I think it's so poetic and beautiful and can be really fun, um, like a fun thing to do with your kids maybe or fun for you to do yourself to sort of memorize what each um, month's full moon is. So I thought that would be sort of fun to learn about. So I'm going to end today's episode with... Um, a classic with Claire de Lune, uh, French for Moonlight. Uh, it's a poem by the French poet Paul Verlaine, written in 1869, and of course, famously uh, composed uh, in probably his most famous movement um, by Claude Debussy as part of his 1890 Suite Bergamasque. Uh, so he sort of based based his uh, piano piece here on the poem by uh, by by the by the poet Paul Verlaine. I'll put a, a link in the show notes to the poem. It it doesn't. I mean, it it has some nice imagery, but um, I think it probably uh, is much nicer to read in the French. You can see the rhyme sc- rhyme scheme in the French, um, but it just doesn't translate, obviously. But um, yeah, so Claire de Lune, absolutely a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. And just to give you a little backstory here, um, you know, I often will record these episodes in fits and starts as I have time throughout the week. And when I started recording this episode, um, things were going pretty well. I mean, they were busy, things were happening, but um, then we were hit by the stomach bug, by the plague. <laughs> um, you know, so far, knock on wood, I mean, it really, it was just my toddler who was sick, but she was very sick and it was very sudden and it was days of, um, you know, not so much fun in this house and not much sleep and uh, it was it was just a rough time, and we're just closing out those few days now. Um, I'm still very very underslept, so I'm thinking about the moon. I'm up with the moon, <laughs> um, but uh, but I have to say, when I was yesterday, um, I had baby Lucy on my lap, and I was just uh, editing a little bit, and I was I played Claire de Lune this uh, this rendition here by Pascal Roger that I'm going to play for you, and immediately like her little eyes just lit up, and she started smiling so much just hearing this beautiful piece of music so um that really made my day just amidst all the chaos just to see this baby um become so happy hearing this beautiful piece of music so I kind of hope that that's the role of this this podcast (laughs) um is that you know amidst some sort of chaos or just the everyday chaos uh of life you know you can sort of just have a moment of uh listen to a beautiful piece of music and smile <laughs> so i hope you enjoy i hope you enjoy this piece and um as i said it's um by this is played here by pascal roger 
Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes uh, to his specific performance. It's just lovely. Um, so, uh, yes, I hope, um, you know, maybe you're going to bed. You read Goodnight Moon. I'm going to go to bed now. It's uh, 9.40 on Sunday, and I'm, go- I'm going to go to bed. Babies are asleep, and <laughs> I should I should really catch up on sleep. I, I have a really bad habit of, like, they finally go to bed, and I am stay up for hours to have my you know, my time. Um, but I've, you know, I've got some good books going. I've got one about Flora McDonald who helped Bonnie Prince Charlie escape sky. I've got one I'm reading about Icelandic elves. Um, you know, there's so much to read. There's so much to do. It's hard to, hard to give that up. I always think of Madeline Langle, um, talking about the years with her little kids as her tired thirties. So I relate to that. (laughs) Or the philosopher Mary Midgley, who, um, had two boys and, uh, people always say, how did you get all this, you know, philosophizing done? And she said, I didn't sleep. So, um, so there's also that argument. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens with the rest of the night. So, um, but, uh, I wish you well. I hope that things are good next week. Um, is going to be a really fun episode. I have an interview to share with you, um, with Christy Isinger, who you may be familiar with from the Fountains of Carrots podcast, which I just love. Um, she is so funny and lovely and, um, down to earth and, and I, we're going to talk about the OG <laughs> Catholic blogging days. We talk about the importance of finding community online. She, uh, you know, talks about um, gardening, other things. Uh, we talk about the monarchy. She, we, we, we debate whether or not the British monarchy is a good or bad thing. Um, in any case, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun to talk to her. Uh, so I'll be sharing that interview next week. So make sure you are following along and uh, good luck going back to school, whatever's happening here in the month of August, the last weeks here. I hope uh, hope you find some time to maybe sit outside and look up at the moon. I'm Katie Marquette and this is Born of Wonder.
And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. 